Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of I've Got Questions, a pre-modern podcast with myself, William Hurst. And we had the privilege of seeing this July monthly top 16 decks, and there's a lot of spice to it. There's a lot of flexibility left in pre-modern, and there was one deck that caught my eye above all others because it's been floating around in my mind in a fashion, and somebody has finally pulled the trigger, is currently waiting on their top eight match with this deck. We are here with Maxim Belanger. Belanger, I cannot pronounce the French name, but he told me it was okay. And he is piloting a mono-black uh, Living Death Zombie Infestation deck with Laquitas' champion. And there's spiciness here. But first, uh, Maxim, I'm how are you doing? Thanks. All right. Well, so as I said, this month had this or this last month in July had a lot of spice to it. And, and this deck is very unique. I'm going to break it down in a second. But first, before we do that, can you give us a little history on, you know, how you found Magic in particular in particular and uh, what yeah, led you um, to pre-mod? I've been playing Magic since I'm like 12, I think. Started around Judgment Block and like first I played a couple of friends and stuff like that, but I get uh, I got on the more competitive scene about like uh, time spiral block or, or low wind block uh, around that time, and then I mean I never stopped play, <laughs> playing playing I'm playing basically <laughs> every competitive format uh, I got, and then uh, during COVID stuff, uh, everybody like no organized play, no everything. So sure I can play on Magic Online, but it's not the same. And then uh, I came across pre modern like. Uh, a friend of mine just saw this starting and he tried to get traction on the format a little bit from uh, our place. So like I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to check this out. And then I just get into the groups, check the list, check a little bit why, how, how the people were playing, organizing that stuff. And then after two months of just like watching, I jumped it in. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And coming, as you said, you, you've been playing for a long while, and you've been playing competitive formats. Um, before we jump into the deck, what was the feeling of pre-modern versus other competitive formats that you played as far as its gameplay? Because we commonly hear, like, the gameplay of this format and then, like, modern magic, whether it's modern, you know, Pioneer, etc., is just so different. Was that your experience, too? Was it almost like a whole new world? Well, it's... Not really a whole new world, cause like I was playing vintage and like legacy too, so like I know the the old, a, a, a good okay. bunch of old card too. It's the only that the um, like in modern days, like the creatures and like the creatures are just getting ba like better and better and better. Like you don't have a two mm -hmm. one for one with drawback anymore. It, they got upsides, so <laughs> like yeah, so like absolutely. spells are absolutely. a little bit uh, better in pre modern and. It's also like a, a place where you, you see a lot of old standard deck from their time getting just a couple of great upgrades mm -hmm. from there and there of other sets. So I was like, yeah, this is, this jams uh, goes um, a little bit in the nostalgia part. So I was like, yeah, it's been a while since I played Out of Grids, not in like vintage. So <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I, I think the first deck I, I built like was uh, Green White Terragadon deck. <laughs> Yep, yep. I think I, I think I may have played you when you were playing that at some point. I, I have a distinct memory of us playing a couple times yeah. at least. 
I don't know if that's accurate, but I, I remember him. I played a variant with cycling too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we found pre-modern, and you're a name that I know as somebody who's always competing in the top level, um, who is somebody that's just a great player as far as a technical player and also just an awesome person to be around. So whenever I get a chance to talk to people that I personally admire and like hanging out with, it's awesome. And this deck, we're going to run down the list real quick, um, is very unique and very interesting. So at its core, um, it's a zombie infestation deck with almost a combo backup finish. Um, with champion. So the deck list as it stands for the main deck is four Laquatus's champions, four squeeze, two Kravakian horrors, four living death, four buried alive, four Phyrexian arena, three cabal therapy, four zombie infestation, four duress, four dark ritual, four peat bog, four ancient tomb with swamp, basic swamps yeah, filling out the rest. 15 there you go and then for a sideboard we're at two dystopia three braids cabal minion two engineered plagues two cursed totems two withered wretch two innocent bloods and two snuff out now for those <coughs> in pre-modern i think most people are familiar with zombie infestation but for those who aren't you know discard two cards make a uh, two two zombie token, which is a great combination with things like squeeze that return or Kravakian horrors. Um, talk to us a little bit though about this backup plan with kind of living death and Laquatus's champion. How where did that come from, and how how does it kill? Because it's champion's a little bit of an obscure card to some. Um, and how did we merge these two strategies together? Yeah, so basically the combo kill of uh, Living Dead is um, that you uh, arrange yourself to put um, a couple of Lacoste champion in your yard beforehand. So like using Buried Alive to fetch three of them or at some times you, you can just pitch them to Zombie Infestation to put them in the yard. So there's one or two just hanging around there waiting for you to Living Dead for a little 12 uh, point of damage right at your opponent's face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so like the 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 Nazi uh, ends that you can get with the combo kill uh, is basically a turn two or three. You go like buried alive on turn one or two during uh, with the infest, uh, dark ritual ancient tomb stuff, and then you turn three or four living dead for eighteen damage. A couple of decks yeah. can't really so do little... anything about that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it's very effective. Um, and this is from a time where, you know, these aren't legendary creatures, creatures, so, you know, they don't yeah. die. They can even stick around and swing if they can't deal with them. 6-3. Uh, six, it's 6-3. Six, yeah. But you can... you. You can regenerate for one black. So, like, during... Like, you basically win any f creature fights with this guy. Sure. So you have these. Uh, Kravakian Horror in and of itself can deal damage. Um, the discard sweep, really nice here with the therapies and the duresses, really protecting it. Uh, Buried Alive, one of those cards that is extremely powerful, but I, I don't know. It just hasn't found its true place yet. Even in reanimator lists, 
Um, and a lot of people will be blue based and do things like intuition to get the things they want in their yard. It seems like what made you stay mono black with this instead of going a traditional like blue black or other combination that can open up options with zombie infestation? Yeah, at first I wasn't sure if I was like basically just running mono black or splashing something. Um, I just mm-hmm. got the card out of my binder, just placed them, like started counting. I was like, okay, I got pretty much almost a deck now. <laughs> like the core is taking a lot of space, like in the deck. Like you need, you need the infestation, you need the squeeze, you need the living death, you need the champions. So like, just there, you got like a, a twenty cards that you have to put in your deck. So like, you don't have that much space. Like I was not playing black without playing any uh, spells, um, discard spells to make sure everything get through mm-hmm. so at that point i was like having six seven spot left in the deck i was like yeah what what can i put in there because like the the buried alive depend like the, the difference between like maybe intuition and like buried alive is like if you take some uh, uh you could take three squeeze for uh intuition like and then you get one in your hand but like if i get a crevican sure. and two squeeze my opponent could put the crevican mm-hmm. in my hand instead so like it's it's not the same mm-hmm. like i know like I, I still get to discard it if i got the zombie infestation anyways but mm-hmm. having the potential to uh just go bury the life put the aura uh, directly in the yard and then get it back at the end of turn and it's starting making some value with the infestation is really good and i think 18 mm-hmm. versus 12 is a big difference when you're trying to living death combo too <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean. I think that makes a great uh, amount of sense. You can pretty easily burn with eighteen face instead of twelve, and like if they got a way to deal with your champion, like if you tap out for it and they deal with the champion, they gain their back, their life back. So like the the creature is not mm-hmm. sticking, and then it didn't happen basically. So it's not that better uh, yeah. for that. So I, yeah, the the like the last spot, like the July list is updated from my May one uh, during. Uh, May uh, uh, at top 16 after I lost in the top 8 to Kyle was playing the Dead Guile Splash uh, Pernicious Deep deck uh, pretty much mm-hmm. everything to run over my cards <laughs> Swords, Plowshare, Discard Spells <laughs> Pernicious Deep, name it I was like, oof, yeah, okay, yeah. this is going to be rough um, the last yeah, addition yeah. I made was adding more therapy to the main deck and uh, I was not playing the Krovican Aura at the beginning and it, that was a pure mistake on my part because this card is insanely mm-hmm. good in this deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I can certainly I can certainly see that. And this is a deck um, that utilizes Dark Ritual in a great way. Um, Dark Ritual is also feels like a card sometimes without a home in this format. Like you, yes, can you hippie? Sure, you can hippie, but hippie dies to everything mm-hmm. under the sun. Um, but this deck, I mean, you look at your targets. Uh, turn one, land, Dark Ritual, buried alive. Land, Dark Ritual, you know, Frexian Arena. Or even land, like Dark Ritual, you know, zombie yeah. infestation, duress. Or something like that. I mean, this is a deck that takes advantage of that mad mana. And even I would assume against even some decks, the possibility of going like uh some amount of like turn two is like land and like ritual and 
ancient tomb and then like just into an early mm-hmm. champion is probably good enough. I'm sure I didn't do the math yeah. right. Is that six mana? So I may be a turn off, but you know, math is my strong suit. It's okay. You can do Pete Bog um, into but, Tomb Ritual Champion on turn uh, on turn two. Yeah, you see, <laughs> and there you can. And there's that acceleration too. I mean, we are definitely familiar with also ancient tombs, uh, but Pete Bog, the um, as you said, it's is it the mat? It's yeah, ma- it's exactly. a mask it's cycle, a right? Mask cycle. The mask cycle of yep, untapped soul lands. We've seen them in things like um, Dream Halls combo a lot. Um, but we don't see them here, and I think they're underplayed in a lot of ways. And it does amazing work here. The bottom line being, this deck, without even playing it, looks like it can just be explosive. Is that when you put it together, were you not surprised by how explosive it could be, or were there sometimes you were just like, oh, this came together, and that's just really stupid how good um, it was. Yeah, I wasn't expecting of going like turn, I, being able to kill on turn two with it uh, at first. I was like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. gonna be like more grindy a little bit. I can like living dead on turn four and then do something. But like it mm-hmm. happens quite often, like on turn three and turn like turn three, turn four, living dead kill is quite common. If I'm not expecting, like I mean, counter magic because like. It, Sure, I got some discard spell, but if I'm going like on turn two or turn three kill, I often didn't have that much interaction mm-hmm. with my opponent. It's basically uh, I got I just have to, to go for it and try it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it's it, it can be pretty explosive. But like the other part of living that that's interesting, it's you can use it defensively to rat your board your opponent board too at some point. Absolutely. Um, sorry, my son's phone is going off. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Um, so, so if it's going off turn three or four, um, you're probably on a good amount of time racing Sly, racing Elves, etc. Um, is is your aggro matchup really feel comfortable from where you've seen is this a deck that is truly fearing much aggro as long as you're keeping a relatively decent hand because in my experience of playing various aggro decks like zombie infestation is really annoying once mm-hmm. it gets going for blockers um i can't imagine swinging through like six six and then living death in and of itself can also is just a wrath right like the first part of it just wraths yep. you and but, then, well, uh, what, what does it say? It's uh, remove yeah, all it's cards basically like graveyards. set aside creatures from the graveyard, and then each player sacrifices yeah. their board, and then the, the set aside creatures gets back into play. Yeah. So yeah. essentially, basically. wrath. <laughs> <laughs> um, is the aggro matchup something you feel pretty confident with this in? Um, is that something you're feeling like a lot of? It's been shorn up just even in the uh, main deck. The aggro matchup is not that hard. Yep. Uh, like as you said, zombie infestation is basically infinite blockers. Like I played, I think I played twice or three times against uh, Madness, uh, green blue Madness deck. And like if they don't have the wonder, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, there was one right, point sure. in one game I actually living death is bored, but not really to rat it, just to, to make the wander in the graveyard be back on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's like no, no, no. no flying. She's gonna for fly, you. but not, not okay the rest. with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay. Um 
so yeah, no, I can see that. So how do you feel with this setup? It feels like in a control matchup, you can be grindy, right? Like you have your discard. Uh, they don't at least game one deal with infestations very well. Uh, so it has a grindy aspect to it too. What was your experience against various control decks uh, with this um, list? The I haven't played that much control match. Like I mean, I played like replenish and like uh, more like combo blue base deck than um, control deck with it uh, at the moment. So, uh, so mm-hmm. I think um, the matchup is not that easily that easy because like the counter spell like the, it always depends on like how many discard spell you see <laughs> in your games so um mm-hmm. one of the upside of the uh therapy is that sometimes they are basically uh free to flashback with infestation so uh that's a little mm-hmm. upside here but like if i can't stick an infestation on board or i don't have uh an arena going or something like that it's like I don't have any pressure, I can't I can't apply pressure. So like this makes it a little bit mm-hmm. hard, uh, and that's why sure. uh, I got some braids in the board uh, just to try to mm-hmm. uh, force I have more tr- threat um, in the deck. So they have the more uh, they have to spend more resources on stuff. But uh, yeah, control is not the kind of matchup I, I think is uh, is the best for the deck. Okay, that's fair. Um, sticking on that a little bit, just brainstorming. We were talking we're a monocolored deck. Uh, we know that Mishra's Factory can be a way that puts control, you know, on a back foot a little bit, forces them to be reactionary or uh, to be proactive in dealing with your threat. Do you think this deck going forward, thinking that it is a concern that you have with your piloting, um, that some suite of maybe two, three factories is appropriate or do you think it hurts the consistency of the deck too much um, that's a good question i think like to be fair the peat bogs are really good if you're an opponent and they're not playing wasteland but if they're playing wasteland they're sh- you know <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely so, um, absolutely maybe maybe like cutting one and cutting like two swamps for three factory won't hurt the deck and maybe give a little bit more leverage against control yeah that could be that could be a thing mm-hmm. there's also the fact that like control deck like they mostly use their swords to like their swords to blushers on zombies but like it's not really where they want to be so it's basically a target for swords to blusher. Mm-hmm. i don't have that much in the deck <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah no that's that's a fair point um so it may be one of those things where basically uh, something i would do? try at least once yeah yeah is there any way this deck could run it sounds very silly but is there any way this deck could run like a bottomless pit like against control turn one like cabal ritual bottomless Mm. pit have fun that's a good one i think um especially with arena in which you like if you have an arena you're sort of yeah you can stack because you and can stack disc- the triggers discard right first in the and right then way. draw after. So yeah, this this is then, uh, something you can do. Um, I'm just trying to remember if I had some spot where I had cards like I want to keep mm-hmm. in my hand and I can't. I uh, like I don't want to play uh, 
on the spot uh, or I can't mm-hmm. play. And I, sure. Except the living death, because like the living death is still five five mana. So like sometimes you you want to play it, but you can't yet. So having a pit that right. just maybe uh, is gonna hit it. Uh, I don't know, because like there's also the one of the things I, I talked about a, a little bit earlier is like the, the there's basically a, a sh- like a or a good twenty four cards that you can't really move around. So <laughs> sure, <laughs> exactly. No, I get you, and I think that would probably come more yeah, maybe, out of the side. But sideboard. that's a good idea like, for the side, though. Yeah. Hey, how? Yeah, uh, and another thing I thought of, and one thing I love to do with these decks is spitball these crazy ideas. Um, for anyone who's ever listened to me, some of my ideas are just wacky and they just they're just here. You're going to have to deal with them. Welcome <laughs> to my podcast. But um with the theme of living death um and returning creatures and recurring creatures, you have enough black cards to maybe even consider we were talking earlier, Icarid uh as a card. Yeah, but it has it haste. Is a black creature card. That's one of the problems. Sure. I'm not playing um, that much. I'm just playing okay. Fatal Dam. <laughs> okay. So it would yeah. have to be heavier in that yeah, way. Yeah, that okay. was one of my gotcha. other, like, one of the cards in my binder, too, I was looking at. I was like, oh, this is a free... Oh, wait a minute. I don't have that much thing to exile from mm-hmm. my graveyard. Undead Gladiator? What is this one's required to get back? It's two mana plus... Holding, 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 holding. <laughs> um, I think it's two. Do do do. Jeopardy noises. Um, damn it. Oh god! I asked the question and I'm not prepared with the answer. How dare I? Undead gladiator. All right. Undead gladiator. Um, two mana. Discard a card from your hand. Return undead gladiator from your graveyard to your hand. Play only during the, your upkeep. It also cycles. Yeah, so it's basically two mana plus discard to get it back to my hand. Uh, only up- upkeep. Yeah, it doesn't feel that much. Like I mean, it's a three one for three. I think. I think. Yeah, three one for three. Yep. I don't think it's. I think it's a bit too slow okay. for, for the for for what we're trying to do here. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works for me. All right, so um, control could be an issue. The other thing in the main deck I was wondering about is we also haven't seen a great home for, like, Lake of the Dead. Mm -hmm. Or is it, yeah, Lake of the Dead, right? Sacrifice a swamp, add four. Was that ever a consideration to power out a living death? I completely forgot this card exists, and I still and I got some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Hey, yeah. that's why I'm here. I'm the helpful hand yeah. as best as I can. Yeah, um, that could. Dif- uh, it's it doesn't come into play tap, right? You have to sack a swamp when it comes into play, but that does, you don't have to. to it, let's untap. If I remember correctly, I think so. Let me take a look here. Coming up, Lake of the Dead. If Lake of the Dead would enter the battlefield, sacrifice a swamp instead. If you do, put it in t- onto the battlefield. If you don't, put it into its owner's graveyard. Yeah. But no, it does not come into play tapped. It does tap and for then, black, and it can immediately also sacrifice a swamp to ritual yeah, for yeah. four. For, um, for, yeah, I, I need to put some Lake of the Dead in here. Definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna switch enough. some beat bugs for sure for this. Like I sh- sure can't. Uh, it's. 
because like I need two swamps to actually use it for four on the turns. So I I like it's a turn three basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, adding six, so it's a turn three champion more often mm-hmm. basically. Sure, mm-hmm. that and that's something good. And um, there are there are a number of prison decks in the format as well, in which you know stasis or things like that, where extra mana could come in up or against a sphere of resistance being able to pop over that threshold. Um, but again, one thing um, that uh, a lot of people have talked about, I think uh, Francisco and um, Tom, they just did a little video on YouTube for their uh, challenge series. They were talking about, you know, with land tax being gone, it opens up the realm of things that black decks can do, right? Because we we love our black decks, but they are very mana intensive. They don't do well Mm -hmm. with Armageddon's, things like that. Um, So it's really opened up the possibilities. Now, moving into another matchup, combo. We were talking a little bit before. How do you feel about combo? It's... um... Like, I played a, a good share of, like, enchantment combo. Like, my first monthly in my pod, I think I have played four blue combo enchantment decks. All different. Like, Battle of Wits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played uh, um, Andy, who uh, was on uh, Tricks. Uh, I played also mm-hmm. a Replenish deck. And what was the fourth one? Can't remember. But, um, yeah, so... Like if it's spell base, I got some discard spell. That's that's some good um, weapon for them. Uh, I can also put uh, f- pretty much fast clock. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, so like spell base combo is not that hard. Uh, it's getting to the creature mm-hmm. based combo that is a little bit harder because I don't sure. have. I mean, I don't have any removal in the main deck. The only removal I got is living deck. Right, <laughs> which is five, so it's not yeah not that great for a bunch of like early uh, mm-hmm. dorks and stuff, and then survival doing some feb stuff on turn three or four. <laughs> yeah, so so game ones you're typically probably on the hope I get good with a discard spell and race you with my probably my is it probably the combo side you're going for once you've realized. It- it really what depends, like, uh, to or, um, what I got sure. the, uh, as an opponent. If I got a zombie infestation and the bird alive in my hand, I need I won't put three liquidus champion in the yard just to flash them there. I'm just gonna try to go zombie mm-hmm. all in plan with like the Krovik and Orin squee and stuff like that. I can try to just jam the board with zombies the fast I can. Um, and if I got living death mm-hmm. in my end instead, but and buried alive, I will go the other way. If I don't have any buried alive, I will just adapt sure. to to what I got. And as you said er, earlier, a little bit, sometimes I'm just opening my hand. I'm like, I'm go turn one tap land, turn two duress, turn three like what well, is champion with the ritual. So I mean, it's still a clock. <laughs> Absolutely. So it sounds like the the deck has game game one against. A good amount of things. It's not like it's a dead deck versus ever, anything truly. Um, so let's turn our attention a little bit mm-hmm. here to the sideboard. Um, it's nice to see Dystopia. Um, the Cabal. Talk to me about your sideboard and how you actually ended up on there and the choices that you made. Um, I think how was how was Braid? Yeah, Braid's been. For you? Um... I want to try it. Uh, first, I tried to put to put her in the main deck, and then 
there was not an, enough space. So I was like, I can't really not play braids here. I have to find somewhere, somewhere to put it. So uh, I tried it in the board, mm-hmm. and then um, it's she's really good against deck that don't have that much permanent. Like they don't keep that many permanent in the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So like against Dreadnought deck, uh, she's really good. If I can land her, it's it, and then she stacks. It's I mean, it's it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also, if I expect a, a lot of enchantment removals, uh, I often cut some arenas for them. For them, because like, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm playing against a tight deck with four main decks, seal of cleansing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying mm-hmm. to that cutting to cut a little bit of enchantment here. Um, and yes, mm-hmm. this it's most of our um, used. Um, I, I got her for uh, the Dreadnought decks and like a couple of like uh, shaving arena stuff and like uh, some extras, a different way to clock my opponent to put them on a different kind of uh, okay. of angle. That works. That works. Um, so talk to me about Dystopia. With land tax gone, is the main worry like humility seal of cleansing what what are our main worries where dystopia yeah, is coming uh, in dystopia has been great uh in a good amount of matchup because like okay. sure it's, it's a good way to deal with enchantment as you as you name a couple like you know, humility and like seal of cleansing she it's really good to, to make sure mm-hmm. like i my zombie infestation will like if they they play a seal first or um it's also like mm-hmm. enchantment is a deck, so they basically have to sacrifice something each turn. Um, and mm-hmm. I also board it in against, uh, yeah, like green based deck, but not like elves because like they, they have so many things on the battlefield, but like more like mm-hmm. uh, the uh, some of the rock decks to uh, like if they wanted to play a pernicious deed and sit on it, no, you'll have to sacrifice it at some point. Um, but yeah, the most the the first use uh, 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 was basically for parfait deck at the first uh, when I build the deck because like I build it mm-hmm. pray <laughs> pray <and> tax ban <laughs> mm-hmm. just to yep, yep, a little, yep. makes a little bit of cards from the sideboard but like not that much uh, but yeah uh, like if parfait was played uh, still played and mostly played I think I would go up to three copies on the sideboard but I think. For now, two is just enough uh, for the use I have to do. Okay. That makes sense. Um, the rest seems pretty uh, normal. Engineered Plague, uh, a great card. Also great in mm-hmm. most of the creature-based combo decks you talked about. Um, Curse Totem there. So you have a four of there to bring us the creature-based combo decks. Uh, Withered Wretch again there. Um, so talk to me about... Um, innocent blood versus something like Vendetta. Um, I am a huge fan of innocent blood. I like the fact that it's a one mana thing that doesn't cost me life. However, we both know in this format, sorcery speed versus instant, there's no comparison. So talk to me, um, innocent blood versus say a Vendetta or another choice, because I'm assuming those are there for Dreadnought, Lackey, Etc. Yeah, it's mostly uh, as you named it for uh, Dreadnought. At first, I was just uh, I think my 
Melis was not playing the Innocent Blood in the sideboard. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, first, uh, I didn't really think about Vendetta because I didn't, like, as you said, losing 12 life from for killing a Dreadnought is like... <laughs> Not that great at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, I, uh-huh. I was like, I don't have any creatures in the field. Like, if I, I got creatures, there's basically z- is zombies or I got some champions. So if I got champions, mm-hmm. I don't really need the Innocent Blood at that time. <laughs> so yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. for early, early little threats uh, and then also killing uh, Dreadnought and stuff like that. Um, I'm... Gotcha. I mean... It wasn't that great. Uh, it was. It wasn't like super good or just super bad. It was all just always okay. So uh, maybe I will sure. try something else uh, in the future just to see if I can get uh, maybe some. Because like I, I thought about uh, Diabolic Tutor too. Uh, not Tutor, Diabolic Edict too at mm-hmm. some point. And then I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. but I think the one mana versus two mana is really important here. Um, it is because like the deck can so run well. on like two or three lands if you're not going the living dead plan. You got your zombie infestation out. You got three lands. Fine. You just you're gonna pitch the extra mm-hmm. one to zombie infestation anyways. So I don't want that much of a high costed interaction. And the snuff out gotcha. where uh, I was like I got 15 swamp. I mean it's basically free every time. I, I won't have that any problem with this. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it was to uh, interact with uh, creature uh, combo uh, base deck like survival or stuff like that to have an interaction mm-hmm. for like I can tap out on turn two, play my infestation, and like I can still interact with them. Mm-hmm. I like that. So now that you've had, you said you played mm-hmm. a version of this in May. Uh, you top aided. Uh, you're currently in the top eight of July with it. What things are you noticing that are, you know, they're okay, but they're like flex spots. What are things that are all stars um, outside of the shell? Because obviously there's a shell uh, that you can't cut. Uh, What are you thinking as far as this deck going forward? Um, Changes you might want to make, things that aren't working as well, uh, things that could work. Yeah. What are your thoughts? uh, Well, with... with a couple new insights from uh, from today. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to switch, change a little bit the, the mana base first. <laughs> I mean, there's no color fair, fair. issue here. You always have some black mana to cast your, stel- your, your stuff. Uh, I think I was lucky to dodge a lot mm-hmm. of Wastelands deck uh, in my two uh, my two top eights uh, performance because like the uh, peat bugs were always unscattered. Like uh, I play on a peat bog, nobody tried to kill it. I can use it twice. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so nice. But I don't think nice, this is nice, going to happen nice. like all the time. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to cut maybe like one or two of them, put some Lakers of the Dead there. Uh, and okay. also the arenas are okay with two. Like it's, it's great to draw more cards and like find your stuff, but it's... It's not like you're trying to value out your opponent. Like your, my cards are not that good by themselves. It's the synergy that makes them mm-hmm. good. So maybe uh, I'm gonna shave one or two arena. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna go for the full set of therapy. If I replay this, like I go for okay. the rest for therapy because like therapy with infestation is so good. Like you can go, like if you go turn mm-hmm. one 
ritual therapy on the blind something you go zombie infestation make a zombie mm-hmm. use it <laughs> you basically yeah, wreck exactly. your in hand almost all the time and like if it's game two you mm-hmm. know what to expect or if it's open deck list as uh, the top 16 uh you have a better idea of what your opponent is trying to do so uh, mm-hmm. i think the card that is getting sense. better when you get to that point but uh i definitely uh take uh, a more, one more copy like the May version was playing two in the main one in the side and then I switch it to the main and now I want mm-hmm. four <laughs> that I mean that's that's fair therapy is a great card um as we're looking through it is there any consideration to you could maybe cut down on arena um go up to therapy so one for one there um after the first buried alive, does do the other copies just become weaker? Is it a, is there any way to shave one buried alive a reasonable reason to to fit different weapons in it, or do you think that's an integral four of within the deck? I mean, um, I think like if you shave a little a little number, like if you go to three buried alive instead of four, I know like the second copy is not that great, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, well, it's not that great. It always depends because, like, sometimes uh, if I'm on mm-hmm. all in in the zombie infestation plan, the extra copy could be pitched to zombie infestation if I don't have time to cast. Like, I don't need, a, I don't have the mm-hmm. mana because, like, my peat bugs are destroyed or whatever. But if mm-hmm. not, I can just fetch more squeeze and more quicker And like, I'm gonna sure. jam the board with sense. zombies like at some point. Um, it's funny because mm-hmm. like I was playing against a zombie tribal deck at some point during my May monthly, and I had so many zombies at some point. He was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna shepherd of Rotus to death and let like, play another game because <laughs> I cannot, I cannot <laughs> take that board." <laughs> the good old, the good old fashioned draw. Let's yeah. go. So I think, so um, I think like cutting I one bird it. alive is making the deck a little bit less consistent on trying to combo with Living Death. Sure. So, yeah, it's like I'm trying to go haul in with the the plan. So cutting on the living dead or the buried alive or the infestation, it's kind of rough. Um, maybe one champion could go. Okay. Because uh, like the fourth one is not really necessary. Okay. Um, and as sure. itself, like the creature is fine, but it's not that great either. Like if my opponent is playing Swords to Plowshare, this card is not that good. Gotcha. Yeah, I could I could see that, but I definitely see Phyrexian Arena as probably your mm-hmm. biggest flex spot. And then the only thing I could consider is if consider the most is if you're gonna do it is maybe and this is saying without playing the debt, maybe shave like one land and run twenty two instead of twenty three land. Um I don't know how much that kills it, but um and that plan may get better and or worse depending on Lake of the Dead versus Pete Bog. Um but yeah, no, the the main feels very solid. As far as the sideboard, um, are you pretty happy with where that's at? Do you want to look at maybe more, you know, more plagues that shore up the creature uh combo matchups or where are you on the uh, sideboard? Yeah, the sideboard has been uh changing a lot. So my two version were playing uh very different like not very differently, but like the sideboard has a couple of change. Um yeah, mm-hmm. looking for I think the third braid is uh, overkill. I I just go for two. 
Um, like even if I I got the totems and like the the plagues, uh, I didn't came across a lot of car reacher combo lately. Like in like I mean I played a couple of survival, mm-hmm. fabulous, but like uh, not played that much goblins uh, or elves either. Uh, in fact, I played more zombie okay. like mirror pseudo mirror mage. Like it's pretty, it's it's like it's weird playing plagues and saying zombie when you're playing zombie infestation. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I I a hundred percent get that. So it sounds like it's in a pretty solid place. Now monthlies, as we know, um, you know mm-hmm. they're all over the place, so you can't really. It's hard yep. to define a meta, right? Necessarily, if you were to take this to um, where where uh, are you I'm, based uh, out in of? Sherbrooke? It's like an hour half south of Montreal. So, yeah, Montreal. So, say you were to go to LobsterCon, that's probably not out of reach. I mean, I'm not sure if you got a chance know, to go this like last year Lobster or anything was like always that. At the same time as the Canadian regional qualifier, <laughs> which I was qualified. So yeah, oh, like last okay, so, year too. Oh, how dare you try and qualify for <laughs> big magic, I tell you. How dare you? <laughs> um, no, so, but say you were to go mm-hmm. to a bigger tournament like a Lobster Con. Is this, what, what would you tweak to this since you would know You'd probably have a better idea what meta is because LobsterCon seemed to be, um, you know, you'd probably expect to see a lot more blue mid-rangey decks there, in my opinion, followed by probably Sly with combo being on the lower end. Um, what is this kind of a list you'd be comfortable to be bringing to a big tournament or would you try and, like the sideboard, maybe go with more four ofs to shore up matchups instead of uh, splitting out threes and twos? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure like my first thinking would be if I have to go to like maybe Lobster and this weekend, uh, uh, I won't play that deck because like, I don't think it's ready yet. But, <laughs> but <laughs> still, okay, gotcha, still work to do on this. Say- but uh, if I have a lot sure, of sure, sure, time sure. to prepare, and like going back to your question, like if I expect more uh, slide and like stuff like that, I think I would make some concession in the sideboard, like just not trying to hit large portion of the meta game, but just like try to get some mm-hmm. extra point for a specific matchup that I think would be uh, a little bit sure. harder for for me. Because uh, like uh, that like sense. the snuff are not that good against like a burn meta games or stuff like that. So maybe switch mm-hmm. them for uh, maybe another like removal that doesn't take any life, so I can bring in it against. Uh, Against those decks, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think the sideboard would have a, a, a couple of change to do uh, for that. But I'm still working on it. Like my first my first iteration was playing sickening dreams and insidious, insidious dreams, and those cards were just awful. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I yeah, mean, they look like, they sound fun. I was like, oh, it's, it's like sickening dreams. It's gonna help me against creature decks like i gotta have an extra removal i can pitch squeeze and stuff like that can just like four to the boards and like Mm -hmm. like an extra way to to wrap the board but then Mm -hmm. after after playing it a couple of games like even if it was not big creatures uh base deck and just killing a bunch of creatures with it after that i was looking at my living dead i was like oh wait they're all gonna come back (laughs) right it's like oh i'm just stacking them up for the next wave doesn't feel that good. Uh, 
If only you could reasonably play like a yeah. planar void in this deck without killing your own stuff. That'd be great. Um, so that actually brings up another interesting question. So the bane of these sorts of decks, especially when you're mono black, mm -hmm. is Tormod's Crypt. It is Phyrexian Furnace. Uh, are we just praying the infestation plan somehow gets there? Are we praying we just don't see that many of them? How do you handle that situation? Because that is something that I yeah. would assume comes up. Uh, yeah, mostly like um, <laughs> Crips and uh, Furnace are not good friends of mine. <laughs> but you don't have any ways to deal with them in Mono Black anyway. So you have to try to like, and mm -hmm. they're basically like free, zero and one mana. So often you're not you're not hitting right. them with the rest or therapies like your opponent is going to jam them on the board as soon mm -hmm. as they can so you if you're if they don't have it on the early turns uh, you can still get mm -hmm. some traction and value before they they actually pop pop it um, Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I mean, this is one of the thing why arena seems like a necessity to the deck because like it helps you rebuild afterward, like drawing more gas, drawing more cards. Yeah, no, I got that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, essentially, you if if they're playing like a, an early turn out creep, and I I got the the infestation and maybe not buried alive, but just a squee in hand. I'm just gonna try mm -hmm. to put some zombie, put some pressure on make them do action and like mm -hmm. try to, to get it because like if my opponent's keeping a mediocre six or seven with graveyard interaction like my deck can still function a little bit like i can still make zombies with my mm -hmm. naturally drawn cards uh i can go play maybe play a a, a, a rushed uh, champion with the with with the soul lands mm -hmm. so yeah i'm i'm just trying to yeah. it, it it's not back like we, it can be back breaking at some point but sure and braids in the <laughs> sideboard yeah. has to help with that too because braids is it's sacrifice uh, it's a permanent creature right? land or artifacts it doesn't hit enchantment okay so yeah Okay, but it hits the artifact, so that can do that. I mean, and if all else fails, I mean, I suppose you could look at something like a null rod or something in the board as well. Um, that may be too narrow, but, you know, say la vie, that's the way this goes. Um, powder keg might be a consideration, uh, mm -hmm. but maybe those are just too narrow. And as you said, if you see it there early, work around it, do your best not to get blown out. Um, but no, this deck... I. I look at this deck and I hear you talk about it. You've had success with it. You're just refining it still. It ha it has legs. Um, what are some... If somebody were to pick up this deck tomorrow, just to play it, what are three things that you would want them to keep in mind? They can be things to remember to do, to, at all, at all circumstances, do not do this. Um, what, are, what are kind of three helpful hints uh, that you could give a new pilot mm. to this deck? Well, uh, I could say that the first one would be uh, don't be afraid to mulligan. <laughs> like you, okay. you need some action cards. Like if your hand looks like, oh, okay, I got two lands, two discard spell, a friction arena, and like a squee, and like you're not really doing anything. <laughs> yeah, right. You're, you're spinning like, your wheels, okay, hoping you find going. something. You're not trying to like 
play a mid-range game like where you you pick the cards out of their hand and like haha i'm gonna get you with value no 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 no. You, you're trying to do something unfair here so <laughs> yeah okay so remember that you are an unfair deck and you need yeah to find you need to do something things. like if you don't have like infestation or a living death or uh i mean arena like an early turn one arena something like that like if you you don't go turbo arena or just have some action yeah you, you have to ship it you have to ship it um the sure. second thing is you don't have to uh you don't have you don't have to be afraid of pitching uh, spells or lands to infestation to actually put a clock on your opponent if they're not doing like if they're not trying to aggro you like you're gonna mm-hmm. draw some more lands. It's it doesn't matter if you don't have always the five mana for your living death if you top deck it or like maybe waiting a turn or two, uh, getting more mm-hmm. uh, other draws before. Just try to put some pressure on your opponent. And then lastly, Quivican uh, okay. or pen can ping anything and sacrifice a creature. When you sacrifice a creature, it pay one. So don't forget that, because like I actually missed Le- Lethal one game <laughs> with this guy on the field. Uh, yeah, I was like, we, did we forget? I could have killed you. He's like, he's like, yep. But I still got the game. But like, it took me four extra turns. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. I could, those are four. Those are minutes yeah. I can't get back. Yeah, because like it was All a Nishobo right. facing I, me, so. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Then, I know it was, it was three, but like this is the the, the three plus one. Like the Kravikan or need a sure. creature directly like it. above it, so you maybe have to hold it at some point to make sure you you have a creature to pitch mm-hmm. on front of it, because like you don't have any ways to change your horde, your graveyard order after that. So if you pitch mm. horror and a land okay. on top of it, or like you play burial, a ritual on top of it, your horror is gonna stay in their yard for the rest of the game. You don't have any ways to. Just set this back. Gotcha. All right. So that is kind of an overview of this beautiful deck. Um, Mono Black Infestation Living Death. Um, Currently in the top eight of the July monthly. God, I feel like I have a sneeze coming on. One second. Come on. Oh, I hate these things. (laughs) Okay, it's not going to happen. So... As always, uh, as before we end our show, I have three questions for you, uh, Max. It's the first question is going to be: What is the most overrated card in pre-modern, in your opinion? The most overrated card, um, like it's really a hard question now because like Lentax is banned now, so uh, the the format is kind of all over the place. <laughs> but I think the uh, Mm, that's pretty tricky. Uh, yeah, um, I think um, Wasteland is a bit over at the moment. Yeah, a little it's bit overrated. Because like I played a couple of Arr- I played a couple of like Wasteland and like Port decks, and like each time Port felt better than Wasteland. Okay, I can see it. I I feel it. I feel it. I, I've been on record saying Port is the best two-drop <laughs> in Goblins for a long time. Um, so, sure. I'll go with that. All right. So, Wasteland overrated. Uh, what is the most underrated card in pre-modern? Um, 
I mean, I don't think it's... It's not really underrated, because, like, I think people know it's good, and they're playing it, so it doesn't fit in that category. Um, I'm landing on, on Lightning Bolt. Because, like, okay. there's so, Slide yeah. playing Lightning Bolt. I can there's see that. There's the, uh, like... Sure. Patriot, Angel, make all the... the, the, the Three color, remember, call it with the, the deck with the, all the names mm-hmm. <laughs> the blue, the blue, yeah, yeah, white, that, red that one. one. Yep. And like, you don't see that much bold. Yep, yep, yep. That. Yeah, that Draco yep. Blast plays it. Yeah, but no, it's uh, and it's an mm-hmm. efficient spell. The best too. way to, to deal with uh, some early okay, land yeah, no. and lackey. <laughs> I can see that. Okay, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. All right. And then what about a car that needs to be or should be broken in pre-modern? Um, should be broken. This one is a really tough one. Um, yeah. That's I why know. we asked the hard <laughs> questions here. Um, I guess... It's really hard to say because, like, I don't, ha- <laughs> I don't know how Ode of Druid's gonna place itself in the format now that l- it's not in parfait list. Okay, you think uh, Ode of Druids might be back at that place where it just doesn't have the best home yet? Waiting for yeah, f- waiting for somebody waiting to for crack the, right, the code. Like the, the maybe we're gonna have we're gonna see some uh, Devourer Ode back on the fee- uh, on the <laughs> on the menu. I mean, this deck was like mm-hmm. played a, a lot during like what last year, I think, about this time. Yeah, and like it's okay. fall, it failed out, fell out of flavor for Parfait after that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I I would love to try and see if Sam Black's uh, Oath Knot would work again without the tax, yeah. without the land tax engine, or if it's. Okay, I can see that. So Oath, as we know, powerful, but you know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's looking for its home again. So all right. Well, Max, that kind of wraps it up for us. We kept it to a nice, clean, beautiful hour. We've learned about an awesome deck from an awesome deck builder and player. Um, before I go, you got any shout outs, any social media stuff, anything you'd like to uh put out uh, there before we say goodbye? I mean, uh I don't have that much uh, social stuff. I don't have a Patreon or stuff like that. So I mean, thanks everyone for the for thanks uh, <laughs> Will for the the party to need to talk about this <laughs> this little brew. Yep, no, uh, no worries. It's a beautiful deck. All right, awesome. Well then, Max. Um, what I will say is, I always say, make sure you go ahead and listen to this podcast. Stay tuned for more stuff. Listen to all the other wonderful podcasts coming from us U.S.-based people from over in the Czech Republic, from over in South America and Europe, all over the place, guys. If you want to find pre-modern, you're going to find it. Uh, big things coming up. I believe South American champs is coming up next week. This or next weekend. It's one of the two. Um, so that's coming up. September has New York has a 1.5K meetup. Uh, Misty Mountain will be having uh, our fall cup in fall. Um, 
Euros is coming up. So a lot of big tournaments coming up in the post-land tax era. So if you're looking for uh, where this metagame shifts to, pay attention. So without any more being said, Max, thank you so much for taking this time out of your day uh, to talk with me about this beautiful deck. Um, this deck list will be in the podcast. Try it out. Give it a shot. Um, let your champions fly and rain and cast living deaths, all of that stuff. So, Max, thank you very much. And to everyone out thank there, you. have a wonderful night.